Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Everybody, welcome to We Say Things, episode 15, sponsored by Fractal Design. Suns fan, as always, here with the great Cinderman. How are you, friend? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. I'm got up really a little glad earlier to today because oh. I've got stuff to do today. Oh, uh, wow. That's at a set time. Very interesting, I have to say. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. As always, this is available via Audio Friends at. Uh, for Apple, Google, Spotify, literally everything you can think of. Uh, you can just go to sunsfan.gg slash podcast if you want to see every single option that you have. Also, we stream this live every Tuesday at 2 a.m. PST, 11 a.m. CEST on my Twitch channel. Uh, and of course, it goes up on YouTube afterwards. But this is a little bit different, Cinder. And we did, this is pre-recorded because I am going to Ukraine on Tuesday yep. for the We Play you tournament. Are. You are. So Which it is, is Underlords. Yes, for the Underlords, not Artifact this time, believe it or not. <laughs> Maybe in the future, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Underlords tournament should be a lot of fun. I'm excited to wear some goofy stuff. I have an idea of what they're actually going to have us wear, and let's just say I'm quite excited for the headwear. Uh, let's just say that for now. Interesting. Yes. You're going to wear bandanas? For... No, I wouldn't be excited for a bandana. Let's I see. Let's just say I might... Uh, feel the need to talk with a British accent every now and then. Maybe wear oh, a monocle, you see. Very teacups. Teacups? Tea What's that? Yeah, that's... It's a teacup. It's a British thing. It was a really stupid comment. All right, I just want everyone to know that Cinderin made a stupid comment on this podcast. <laughs> wow, uh, that's Cinderin... the first time it's happened. In <laughs> yes. 15 episodes. Keep a tally, guys. Keep a tally. So, Cinderin. We have a few reviews from this week that we'd like to go over. Would you like to read one of them for us by any chance? Well, the ones you've shown me are from June, so I think they're wrong. Uh, no, these are correct because remember when I said we could look at old, not old, but international reviews? I figured we'd go back in time since not oh, a whole lot of people have traveling. rated us recently, which by the okay. way, go rate us, especially on Apple because that seems to be the only thing people can rate us on. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. This is the, I think both of these are from the Philippines, Cinderin. Okay, I'll read the lower one then. Okay. From Interestingly Informative from mm. Sexy Baboy 13. I don't know if I'm reading that right. Baboy. Baboy or BA boy? I don't know. It's like a, somebody who's taking a bachelor degree. Whatever. <clears throat> you guys should definitely make the rants longer. I love it when you guys talk about the more personal sides of Dota or esports in general. Suns fan, why don't you like RPG games, you piece of crap? Just kidding, love you guys. Wait, it doesn't say just kidding. He was very honest about that. He fucking hates you. <laughs> Keep up the good work. From a fellow Suns fanatic. Yeah, so I'm not... That cannot be someone from the Philippines then. Definitely That's sarcastic fate. then. Uh, yes, thank <laughs> you. And I actually agree. I wish I liked RPGs. I, it, again, the only two RPGs that I've ever personally enjoyed were the original Fable on console 
and my all-time one of my favorite games of all time called Jade Empire. That have you ever heard of that game, Sindarin? That game mm, was no. super sick. One of the best voice acting uh, games of its time. Big Is fan. that single player RPG or? Yeah, single player uh, PlayStation, the first PlayStation, I want to say. Maybe the first okay. Xbox, not sure. Anyway, uh, second review is from It Log It Log. The only podcast I listen to. I had to unlock my Apple account just for this review. Thank you. Great banter between Suns fan and Cinderwin. Been a fan of Dota Cinema, Fails of the Week, Dota in general, and now this podcast. Keep on making fantastic conversations. Best for Fantastic. Commutes. Absolutely fantastic. Fantastic conversations. Yes, yes. Best for commutes yes, yes. and showers. I, how do people listen to podcasts during showers? I feel like, like, what do you need for that? Like, I have a, no, I have no, a waterproof no. phone, Cinderin. Yeah, I, uh, sometimes I'll listen to music while I'm in the shower, right? Okay. And basically what happens is that the sound gets distorted and you can't really hear stuff. So it's like yeah. perfect for our podcast. Oh, so they can't hear what we're saying. I yeah. See. Okay. I've it's, actually tried doing that. Noise. It makes it better. With my waterproof phone. And it's not good. The speaker's horrible. So nah. maybe one day it'll work. Uh, continuing, because it's not done yet. As my first love <laughs> is basketball, second is Dota. Make Cinder and love basketball too. He's missing out on so much. Good luck, guys. Oh, and greetings from the Philippines from a guy who doesn't know how to swim and loves basketball. Excellent. Thank you, friends. Appreciate that. And then it's signed Scooby Imp, which is a totally yes. different name than his account. So there you go. Perfectly normal. Thank you. Thanks, guys, right. for the reviews. Yes, thank you. Uh, we appreciate uh, Cinder at some point. Of course, we're in the the time period now where there's no NBA news for probably not for a while. So you can rest easy, you know, yep. take in the information that you've been given before and become I miss, a fan. I miss the I miss the NBA news already, man. I miss I know. it so much. It's funny because we get both complaints and praise for it. I don't know what to think. <laughs> of course. <anymore. laughs> uh, all right, moving on to Dota Two news for this week, and of course, keep in mind since this is one day pre-recorded. Uh, is pre-recorded one day ahead of time. We may miss some stuff. Yep. That's normal. That's how time works for some people. Yep. Forward gaming was picked up by newbie Cinder. It was like the day after our podcast, I believe. Yep. Um, I actually talked to Slacks and had him pitch Jack the whole Midas mode idea, and yep. they went with newbie. So it sounds like they probably got a better deal. Right? Unfortunate. <laughs> That team about Midas this? mode a TI would have been so hilarious. Actually, <laughs> well, actually, I talked with uh, I talked with Slacks not to sorry. I talked with Slacks mm -hmm. about the idea, and it was gonna be we make them change their in-game tag and the name to MidasMode.com September twenty eighth through December first, <laughs> or whatever the dates were. <laughs> like the whole thing. So when the big announcer comes in, he has to say the whole <laughs> fucking thing every time. Oh. that would be so funny. So good. I think they would. I think they would ban that i think, I so think too. Loud, but it would be hilarious <laughs> put it to the okay test. um as far as newbie i mean we talked about it last time right the players have a couple of options they can choose to fund it themselves they can get a sponsor or whatnot uh i think the huge advantage for them in having newbie is that they have local facilities right so mm -hmm. since ti is in shanghai this year uh they can use newbies facilities to boot camp they can probably help them out with logistics with the language with everything that comes with it so the players don't need to worry so much and boot camping in China for land in China is definitely preferable over uh, doing it in the U.S., right? And then yep. having to... I mean, you have to fly out either way because the players are from the States, but you don't have as much jet lag going into the tournament. You're more accustomed to the food, to the water, to the area, everything. Because uh, it makes a difference. Uh, you have to build immunity to... for the diarrhea that you will yeah, ensue, right? From the differences. 
I mean, it's 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 a real thing. Uh, if some of you guys haven't traveled so much, uh, it's a real thing. If you travel, especially uh, across the Atlantic or the Pacific to completely different areas, uh, the water is just different. And yep. you your body needs a bit of time to adjust. I don't adjust. I just drink water and different food. I just drink bottled water 100% when I'm at events. Yeah, but even if even if it's like even if you really try, you're still going to likely uh you know, you're going to adjust to the local food then. Like you can't you can try your hardest to absolutely yeah. 100% streamline with what you get at home, but it's really difficult to do. Uh, the yeah. food options just aren't and there or too inconvenient or whatever. Sometimes it's a delay. There in last time I was in China, they had an amazing buffet, like this area mm-hmm. where you just eat all day, every day. And it was amazing food. And surprisingly, the hummus was like the, and I love hummus. It was the best hummus mm-hmm. I've ever had by far. And I had no problems with it. And then four days in, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I had to go late. I had to get in late for the talent stuff because, well, see, I don't have problem talking about this, but I know some people do. I was shitting my guts <laughs> out. I had to have okay. the hotel deliver me Imodium. That's how bad. I could literally not leave my room. I haven't had that bad as the squirts for quite a while in my life. And that's saying something for me. But anyway, continue with your reaction to okay. newbie. <laughs> I mean, we, we were what we talked about last time was that uh, is it in the team's interest if the org wants a cut of the prize pool, blah, blah, blah. So what I think <clears throat> is this pure speculation. I have no idea about the contracts, but I'm guessing um, Newbie did make a statement that this contract is for ends after TI, I believe. I think there was some wording with really? the contract is I until after that. TI, but if the T- it, but we are interested in potentially extending it. Huh. I think there was something like that, right? Interesting. <clears throat> oh, man, I need to drink a little water one sec. I would say that it's very unlikely they get any prize pool. I would be very shocked. But I will admit, mm-hmm. I not admit, but I, I will agree with your earlier assessment that, I mean, especially in the last few years, like when you were in the first couple TIs, I don't think people came and boot camped in the U.S. It wasn't like the standard. No. The past no, few years, it, it has super been the standard because you want to get on the same time zone. People are taking it much more seriously than they used to, right? So that's a huge deal. And when deal. more and more teams boot camp in the same area, you get really good practice partners. You can yep. like choose among the other TI teams who you want to scrim against. So some teams will know each other pretty well, and others will have absolutely no idea. And you can like strategize a bit. If there's, if there's a team you really feel like practicing against gives you a lot of information and good practice, and that if you are to meet them, then you just you you just know each other. That's that's the game right there. Right. Um, you and can that, hide strategies that, from everybody else. We've seen that work to people's advantage and disadvantage quite a few times. Uh, yep, I believe absolutely. EG and CDEC scrimmed a ton for TI5, and they end mm-hmm. up facing in the finals, and that favored EG, obviously, in the end. And then TI6, Wings and DC, which I think actually helped DC more than Wings because that helped them yeah. get second place, even though we did lose to them in the finals. Um, I think so too. That it's very interesting seeing that, like, it feels like every year it's just two teams that are screaming against the against each other a bunch end up meeting in the finals. It's so crazy that it happens yeah. semi consistently. Yep. Um, yeah. Apart from that, yeah. So my speculation, what I was going to say with this contract, is probably something along the lines of newbie uh, takes care of their boot camp. They give them infrastructure. And what they want in return is the exposure at TI. I don't know yep. if they're paid a salary as well or whatnot, but I think what the players are largely after here is just not having to worry about anything else than the Dota. And if Newbie can do that for them with bootcamp, hotel, uh, translation, all this stuff, that is absolutely perfect for them. And yep. yeah, like you said, if there's no percentage of the prize pool or if it's a small one, I think that's that's well 
well worth it. Uh, yeah, I mean, knowing the honestly. Chinese teams and how much money that they have, <laughs> generally speaking, in that scene, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if they were real sticklers about the prize pool anyway, meaning the org. Yeah. I think the exposure for I them mean, is a big deal. Yeah, an org, like, you want to be at TI, because yeah. I guess... Especially like, in China if you're, this year. Yeah, it's, a, it's the Chinese TI. If you can have your Chinese org there, uh, it gives you great possibilities for finding sponsorships or getting better deals signed for next season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So... Uh, not really surprised that they got uh, picked up. Like we talked about that it was likely an org would get them, but we didn't even, we didn't talk about the Chinese option actually mm-hmm. last time. We were I talking thought Mouse about Force would be the U- real deal, man. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about NA orgs. We were talking about would call swap over maybe, would they get someone like G2 yeah. or would they get TSM or whatever. Uh, but it's going to be newbie. So And it makes more sense cool. now that you think about it, right? It makes much more it sense does. that a Chinese org it does it. Cool. All right. Uh, 7.22F yep. came out well, today for me, and it'll be tomorrow for most people, and even the day after for maybe you, uh, anything really grab your attention. The first thing that I see, consuming makes, recipe of eggs. What you, eggs, just, said, what you what, just said makes no sense. What did I repeat to me? I, I don't listen to you myself. You said the patch came out today for you and tomorrow mm-hmm. for me. I mean, yeah. it's out today for me as well. No, it was out <laughs> yesterday. Okay, technically it was out yesterday for me because it's 2 a.m. That's what I'm... Oh, it was out yesterday for you. Yeah, okay. I, I messed it yeah, up a it's, bit. I mean, Aghanim it's, it's Scepter Consumable to, yeah. is 200 less gold, Cinder, and I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. All right, what, what changes do you, you like here? Uh, I think this is the kind of... This is the kind of patch. I, I don't really want to go over anything specific with this one, okay. to be honest, because it's very small tweaks. It's like hero gets attributes, hero loses attributes, hero gets a bit of damage, loses a bit of damage... Slight cooldown change, slight mana cost change, slight talent changes. You know, it's like really one of those where you just do minor tweaks to multiple heroes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because this is the expected TI patch. I think unless something is bugged or something turns out to be broken, the game will not be changed until TI is over. So you were correct, um, by the way. And that was really fast that F came out. Remember, I think I predicted that the last patch would be the last one. Yeah. Is there any this- way there's going to be a G? Not before TI. And I think after TI, there's going to be 723. That's my guess. Because um, Right after TI? Shortly after, probably. Uh, TI starts on August 15th. So that's in two and a half weeks, roughly. Mm-hmm. And you need to give teams this much time to practice for the biggest event of the year. So I think they're changing absolutely nothing after this. And considering how minor the majority of the changes are, uh, they haven't even changed that much compared to uh, the previous one, right? So yeah. you could argue that we should be talking a little bit about like an average between the two for the timeline because teams will not need to adjust nearly as much to this as they have to other patches in the past just because the numbers aren't extreme and there's no like new spells or new heroes or uh, items, whatever. Um, it's like, it's small things. It's All I know is that... win rates of heroes by like 1% or something. Meat Hook got a uh, reduction in... In mana costs, Cinderin. They want to yeah, see Pudget TI. Did. It's very obvious. They weren't happy with that. It will be played. It will be Good. played at TI. I'm very happy to hear but that. But it will be played as a core. That's even better. What do you mean, it but? Will be played... <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> uh, I just think it's uh, like... When you say core, what does agree. that mean? Position three, three? I think. Yeah. Okay. I like it. There might be some teams that try their hand at position one Pudge. It's possible. Really? Uh, or, or two. That's yeah, like it's, TI it's one cool. status right there. Jesus. It's possible, um, but I, th- I think that the position three pudge is where it's at. You get auras, you get really fat, you have sick regen from your third skill. You go like pipe crimson for your team, and then you're just mm. like a... Honestly, you're just a fat tank. Like, that's what you do. A big fat juicy Run around tank. Journey. I love it. That sounds great. Yep. 
That's my life in a nutshell. So uh, I wanted to, we had a little bit of a light outline. So I put in some stuff that I might regret talking about now, which the Arcana vote is one of them. The reason I say that mm-hmm. is because I think maybe by the time we, this is released, this other, in I think the week ends, right? So this is going to get whittled down even more potentially. But we can talk about we it now. release this before the weekends. The week ends Tuesday evening for me, right? Valve does their Wednesday to Wednesday cycle. And then is it usually their... Wednesday they do this? Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just making this up, but I know they have like their, what's it called? Their steam maintenance is on Tuesday evenings, right? Okay. So maybe that they set their week around. I don't know. Like, right. Okay. I don't remember when I get votes, but whatever. Well, hopefully we'll talk about it, it will be just fine. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about this yep. as it progresses. And now that it's like whittled down to not that many heroes, we can start discussing the possibilities. How many so, are left? 12? 12. Uh, four, yeah. Okay. So on one side of the bracket, there's only four, which is Void... Drow, Ogre, and Necrophos, which we'll talk about. And on the right side, there's a few more. Invoker versus Slark, which I think we can both agree Invoker is going to just destroy Slark. Yeah. Uh, Windrunner versus Ember. Do you have any predictions on that one? I think Ember's going to win. Okay. I. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say Windrunner. I think that's a close mm-hmm. one, though. Sniper versus Ricky. I think Sniper will dominate Ricky, personally. Hmm. I think, like, in terms of pubbers that play heroes, I think both are played a lot, right? I think Sniper more so than Ricky. But if you think about, like, a cosmetic for Ricky, it's not nearly as exciting as Sniper. Does that matter yeah, to people? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, I think Sniper would win that, too. But I think neither of them is going to win the whole thing anyway. Well, we'll probably. talk about that. Well, we'll and then we have Mars versus Spectre, which I think Spectre will win, and I know you're a big Mars fan. Really? I, I know that, okay. I think okay. Mars will destroy that. I am Two to ho- one or something. I am hoping. 60-40. I'm hoping for Mars. He has no cosmetics. He's a new hero. I love this stuff. He's a more fun hero to play than Spectre. Spectre is this hero that always makes it to the semifinals, it feels like, every year, right? I just, I think, I think there's, there's a couple of arguments for both, right? One of the arguments for Mars, you already mentioned, he doesn't have any cosmetics. So if people think about that, there's a guaranteed set coming out for the hero, which is really cool. So if you're a Mars Mm -hmm. player, you probably want that. Um, Just overall, the design of the hero and like, how to say, the... All the graphics in the game that the hero has, there's just so much room for playing around with it as an arcana. He has a spear that you could do stuff to. The god's rebuke has a cool animation. The whole fucking arena that you could redesign, you know, as part of the arcana. There's just some really, really big things. And then you compare that to Spectre where, you know, yeah, there's some stuff. I think the biggest thing for Spectre as an arcana is that it has illusions. So if you have something cool, it will show on your haunt, right? I think that's the thing that really speaks for Spectre. Because apart from that, Spectre's spells aren't as, like, magnificent, you know? It's like there's the dagger, uh, but Desolate has very minimal animation. Dispersion has very minimal animation. No. So, as, as a, like, as a, if I were a designer who could make an arcana for these two heroes, I would want Mars to win because I feel like I would be able to be more creative and come up with something really cool yep, because that's of how true. the hero works. That's but. definitely true. Um, but keep in mind that we'll now see. that I think now Mars that these win, now that the like the Invoker baby is out and all that stuff, I think it's kind of yeah. wide open. You can change these heroes quite a bit now. I don't think people will complain. Non Ghost Spectre, yeah, and you just change the name of the skills as well. No big deal. All right, so the other side that we kind of <laughs> glossed over, uh, Void versus Drow. Who do you have in this fight? I think Void is going to win. I think so too. It's a similar logic again, right? It's just more. There's more to play around with. I think in this in the category of where these heroes are played and where they're popular, I think they're two of the very popular carries over time in Dota, especially in the lower brackets of the game. So there's a lot of people that play these heroes a lot. And I just think Void has more cool stuff to play around with. Drow has so 
she's so limited in what you can do. Yeah. I guess you can make the cool gust, but Meh. again, Void has like Time Walk, which you could make really cool Chronosphere. So here's the thing, right? The dilation two, animation. All three of his skills that actually show something. I think Time Lock is the only one maybe that doesn't have anything. They all have Immortals now. He already has mm -hmm. things that change his abilities. Now, if they gave him an Arcana and changed him to face full Void, give him an actual face, I'll be oh. on board with that, Cinderin. That yeah, sounds I'm good. Very unlikely to happen. I By think. the way, I, I need to mention that my disgust mm -hmm. for the people that voted for Drow versus Wraith King in the previous round. What the I fuck is wrong with you? I would have voted for Wraith King. Wraith, you could literally make him Skeleton King again. I don't think they would do it. I mean, you could do it if you really wanted and then just come out with a different version for the Chinese. But Wraith King is so cool. Imagine changing... You remember the Dota Cinema Ultimate Chest? I don't know what it was called anymore. I actually have art wall or art on my wall that shows the. Do you remember like the new the different black hole? Was it Ravage? I, I remember the ulti chest or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. So we were gonna come up with a second version, but we kind of like one of them was gonna be a new Pudge animation where he was actually eating like in the like for Dismember like from Dota mm -hmm. One. You remember that animation? It looked really cool. And the other one, one of them at least, was Wraith King Tombstone was changed, which. If you think about it, it's very brief. It's like a second and a half or whatever, but you could make it like this giant yeah. ass like tombstone. Christmas tree, cool. Even better. I mean, we, we are straying towards that, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the Santa Claus Wraith King set. It sounds fine. Uh, okay. Santa King. And then the final two on that side are Ogre versus Necrophos. Do you have a favorite in this one? This one's harder for me. I wouldn't mind either. Honestly, that's one of those matchups where I just hope whoever wins of these two wins the next round against Void or Drawn gets to yeah, the finals. Because I, I would be very happy with either of these two getting an Arcana in the end. Uh, personally, I would. I think I would vote for Ogre. Um, again, there's a lot of both heroes have some cool animations, right? The Scythe for Necro, the Death Pulse, which are you know low call, low cooldown spell that you cast all the time in the games. So if you have an Arcana mm -hmm. for that, that's super cool. Uh, Ogre has some. Very interesting things you can play around with with multicast. They already did a little bit with the Wheel of Fortune that he has on the back where it goes like the ding, ding, ding and yep. uh, the coin sound and whatnot. Uh, but you could probably expand on it a lot. And he has a lot of very visible spells in the game on low cooldown that just get cast all the time that you could definitely work something out with. Mm -hmm. They're also, both of them are not too heavy on Immortals, I think. I think Ogre has one and Necro has one or two two all right who remembers at this point honestly uh, yeah i think so i know ogre has the wheel of fortune right that's that's an immortal but i don't know if he has any other than that like i know there's there's definitely a death pulse and a reaper scythe effect but i don't know if those are just immortals or i believe they had them those effects for other just regular mythicals back in the day so i remember the necro the necro weapon which i think was an either a very rare or an ultra rare from last year or the year before uh, the one that's like makes his um, scythe, it's like glowing and has this like wavy animation, I think, yeah. to it. Maybe you remember it. I don't remember the name of it. I remember but... the actual piece on your back that I really don't like because it doesn't fit the hero, I feel like. So I got rid of it. Okay. Um, so he has two at least then. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. I think, <clears throat> I think Ogre wins that, but I think it's close. All right. So the final question who mm -hmm. do you, out of the heroes that are remaining, who do you want to win and who do you think is going to win? And you can, you okay. know, it can be the same hero if you want. Uh, 
God, I, it's I feel like me, I don't, it's I don't feel pick, strongly about anything anymore after Wraith King it's, lost. <laughs> it's hard for me to pick so one sad. that I want to win because there's a couple that I'll be really happy with winning. Just say Mars uh, and get it If over I with. have to pick one, I'll say Mars. Yeah. Uh, but I also would really like to see either Ogre or Necro win. So any of those three I would be happy with. Okay. Who I think will win? Invoker. <laughs> um, Invoker or Void. I think we'll win. Really? Probably. It might be Void, actually. If you think about it, there's so much for Invoker now. I think the people might want something more for someone else, right? Like Invoker has the kid persona, has tons of items. So I'll I'll say Void, but I wouldn't be surprised if Invoker still wins. So who I've been rooting for this whole time was, you guessed it, Wraith King. Um, Yeah. So now I have to come with a secondary choice, which... Everything Just looks Mars. pretty awful. Uh, I'm going to say Ogre. I want Ogre to win. Okay. And I That's actually think that he might. Because same logic win. as before. Like this whole, there's always like a joke contender, if you will. Right. And this feels mm-hmm. like one of those. Except the difference is, first of all, he's going to beat Necro. I don't think there's any issue with that. He's going to go mm-hmm. against Void or Drow, who people are just sick and tired of at this point. So I think he beats either of those, potentially. Then he ends up against okay. Invoker in the finals, which people, again, like Invoker could very well win it because it's been so long and it's been so close many a time. But I think the memes will win this time, Cinderin. Ogre shall prevail. If not, then I don't give a shit about this anymore. <laughs> the memes will win? No, yeah. that never happens. Always. <clears throat> All right. Uh, oh, I wanted to talk about one more thing uh, related to Dota. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've played this mod. I just heard about it today. It's called Watcher of Samsara. Have you heard of this? No. I just I saw it in the outline. And I was like, I haven't heard of this map, but it has 257,000 subscriptions. So yes. It's a tower that's... defense game. It's it's Chinese-based, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit... Uh, like I, It's hard to understand the intricacies. I played a couple games. It seems really cool. Uh, of course, we've Is had there tower a translated version. I mean, yeah, it it it's in English, but okay. I'm just saying, like, there's no, as far as I know, there's no way to easily, like, maybe you have to go on YouTube or something to learn about specific mechanics and how things work, because it looks like it can, it gets pretty in depth, but mm-hmm. it seems like it's a team game, four players. So if one person's okay. fucking up, it can ruin everybody's. Everybody's. That's time. like classic Warcraft three tower defenses, though. Yeah, I agree. Like if you played Winter Mall or you know these good old. Yeah, you have like a backstopper guy who gets all the leaks, and if nobody's leaking, <laughs> he just sits there, you know. Yeah. Um, or back then, the levers were the big problem, right? One guy leaves like, yeah. early, and you're like, "Fuck me, dude." Yeah. What you can you do? Try to make a pre-made group with friends or something yeah. to to play the map. Um, do these two hundred fifty-seven thousand subscriptions include Chinese players? They do, right? Probably. Do you know? I would imagine they have. They're playing on the Perfect World servers, but they are downloading custom games from the same Valve server. Or there would be. No, they, huh. I don't think. Okay, let, let's just say you're right, and it's two separate things, which I think it is. Uh-huh. There's no reason for Valve not to use the number that's combined. Like, there's literally zero reason to not use it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that that is that is true, right? So I would so, expect I that to be the full. I mean, that's still a lot. Quarter million. I can't remember what uh, Auto Chess had, but. Obviously, it's going to be more. More than a million, I think. So, the but this kind of came out of nowhere. About this, the, the reason this number, the reason I'm asking this is, if you know, there's there's bound to be some custom games that are just popular in one region because they just catch on. You know, like mm-hmm. the fact that Dota is big in CIS compared to other games is just history, right? And 
even within Dota, then some games can just catch on in a region and not really in the other one. And this just gets really big in China and just isn't as big outside. That's why mm -hmm. these numbers are... I'm curious because out of these 257,000, 250k of them might be Chinese. Uh, and the reason I'm saying that is that, you know, for the game to really catch on as a bigger thing in the West too, you need a player base, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just... I'm curious to see how the distribution is I like. I think... Uh... I mean, I could be wrong, but like in NA at least, I think people like tower defense. I don't know if it will catch on to something like on the level of auto chess, for example. But I mean, tower defense is as a concept is much older, right? So it's kind of mm -hmm. been yeah. uh, like maybe people are tired of it to a degree. But I think there's some cool stuff oh. like you get you get to choose your heroes. It comes up as like playing cards almost. You can get mm -hmm. super rare heroes, for example, and you upgrade them. Obviously, you upgrade their skills. They auto cast stuff. Um, but you can actually cast stuff manually with them, which is an interesting change that I'm not used to. Oh. You can buy items, put them on the heroes. It's it's very intricate. Um, that is actually <clears throat> a classic thing from old uh, old Warcraft Three tower defenses too. Uh, a lot of which the part? times, the towers, the towers would uh, in some tower defenses you could control the towers, like select who they attack, mm -hmm. and in some you couldn't. I think, but. Having manual cast spells is actually something that multiple tower defenses had in the past. Like you would strategize, okay, when the enemies start bunching up here, that is when I use my flame strike or whatever your tower had. Yeah. Uh, you could switch on and off auto cast, I think. So <laughs> maybe sometimes it would be like pseudo manual where you could choose to switch off auto cast and then you can't actually cast the spell, but you could switch on auto cast again and then you you know okay. you know it would cast it after. Yeah, I don't like I don't remember so. that at all. I guess I'm just used to the way things have been in the past decade which is i mean it's yeah you know, I mean, it's things. it's old right but yeah um but so yeah, yeah. I, I think the idea of having manual stuff in tower defenses is really good I, it's one of the things in auto chess to an extent that would be you know i don't know how you would implement it but it's in a way it's a bit of a shame that you have no control over the rounds like you can't outskill your opponent like imagine a round of dota underlord starts you see the enemy board and because of a specific type of units you have and their board placement, you can like outplay them, you know? Mm. And they're obviously AI controlled, right? The enemy's AI, but if you could outplay them, it's the same for everyone, right? So if you could do it yeah. on every board, then it's like you kind of have it to the extent of how you place your board. Like if you have a corner build and you put it in the right side and and whatnot, but maybe it would give some really interesting options if, if units had like actives that you could manually cast on the board. It would be harder to balance though, I suppose, but yeah. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. From the couple games that I played, it seemed pretty fun. I'm definitely going to try a little bit more of it in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys, let us know as well how you like it. Okay, and then the last it was uh, called Watcher of Samsara. Let's just say that again in case yeah. people missed that. I think right now it's the most popular mod of the week, so you can check that out. Mm -hmm. uh, Dota <laughs> Underlords had another patch. I feel like they're patching very, very consistently. We can which... talk about this every week, pretty much by now. Do you think that's a... Before we get started, do you think that's a bad thing at all? Is there any um, negative to updating this often? I personally love it. That's I just think me, though. For, for a game like Underlords, I think it's good to have frequent updates. I don't know if they need to be every week. I think it would be fine if they were twice a month or maybe even once a month only. Uh, mm -hmm. But the thing about this game that... I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or outside of it, but I feel like a game like Underlords compared to Dota is at a much larger risk of getting figured out. And what I mean by that is that <clears throat> people play a lot of games in a row. They realize, okay, these units are stronger than other units mathematically, and this is a mathematical game. Because like we talked about, you can't really outskill your opponents by playing better. You can put your units better, 
you can plan better, but you can't. If you have the inferior lineup and you play it the best way you can, you are supposed to lose, right? Right. Uh, where and I think right the skill, now there's, the skill element is different. There's probably like five or six really viable builds, which so far mm-hmm. in Underlords is like by far the most they've had, which is great. Good, yeah. So a lot of it comes down to, and before in the old meta, being able to figure out your economy was a bigger deal as well. Now it's obviously mm-hmm. important, but it's not nearly as important because now you have to make decisions on when you need to go all in, which a lot of times is a lot e- uh, lot sooner than you're used to. So adapting yep. to each game becomes, that's a skill set for sure, which yeah. I personally like a lot. Um, the best game I can compare it to with patch structure is Dota because it's the one I know the best, right? Where in Dota, we get big patches a couple of times a year and then we get like minor tweak patches. But most of the patches that come out in Underlords are actually big patches because mm. we don't see so many minor tweak things. Like this, for example, to me, if you implemented this in Dota, it would be a big patch. Like half the heroes or many of the heroes are totally changed in values. That's not, no, no, not, are you looking changed. at the right one? Uh, this is not that see. big of a patch. Well, the one, one that we changed... did last week was giant. The one last week was really big. I don't know, like in Dota terms, this would be going from, it would be within the same, like it would be 722 D to E or whatever. Okay. But yeah, that's fair. with the changes within that being bigger than what we just had in the last patch, the one mm. we talked about today, which had like minor tweaks, because these are bigger than minor. Arc Warden has totally reworked. Clockwork has totally different numbers. Medusa has different numbers. Uh, two of the alliances got, or one item got completely changed. The alliance, or nerfed, sorry. The numbers got tweaked. Well, let, let's go uh, over the ones that are changed. actually significant here. So some sure. of them are not okay. that big of a deal. Arc Warden is mm-hmm. the biggest one. Uh, his yeah. attack speed was changed. Uh, well, yeah. we'll go through each line of this specific hero, but we won't do this for all of them because this one's more important. Mm-hmm. His attack speed was changed. Uh, he had a very, it scaled every level, but it was very low. 0.59 attack speed is pretty low, his yeah. level one. Now at all three levels, he's 1.0, which is a huge improvement. Uh, his yep. maximum mana changed from 100 to 0. So this is kind of a, a it's actually a bug. It's, so maximum mana is now 0, apparently. But his skill, mm-hmm. which is considered in this current patch still an active with 0 mana, it's actually just a passive. It's just what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and the reason changed. that matters is you can get silenced, right? Right. So right now you can get silenced, but in the future you won't be able to. Uh, gold cost mm-hmm. and tier was changed from three to four. And obviously his, his HP buffed too. was buffed as a result. So the biggest thing for him is his Tempest double. So before he would, once he got enough mana, he would pop another guy. And then that one could pop another guy, etc. And just mm-hmm. keep on going. Now you can't do that. So as I said, zero cooldown, zero mana. And it now reads, Arc Warden creates a copy of himself with the same health he currently has. The clone can use all the items that it has and will attempt to attack the same enemy as his summoner. Whenever this clone dies, Arc Warden will create a new one. This is yeah. very interesting. And at first read, obviously, this is a nerf from before based on the memes mm-hmm. that were occurring. But this unit is still really good if you if you do it right. Dagon is still good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've tried it in two or three games, I think. Um, and I think the, <clears throat> the new Arc Warden is better than the old one as a unit by itself. If you don't build a strategy around it, but you just <clears throat> find Arc Warden, it's actually a super value four drop, in my opinion. Yeah, If I you agree. get this unit in round, like, <clears throat> on level, like, five or six... Even if you only have one of it, if you have one damage item or one active item or whatever that you can put on it, it's really useful for your team. Like you can have two two mechs, for example, or you can have, you know, just 
damage. If you have a, even a level one Arc Warden with a Maelstrom, it's actually really strong. Maelstrom he has is one, very good on this hero. He has one attack speed, so yeah. you get two Maelstroms just running. And if he doesn't die fast and on the main, it's fine. If his clone dies, whatever, he makes a new one, right? That has probably less health because you took some AoE damage, but... Uh, I had really good success in one of my games with getting a fast level 2 arc warden that I had zero synergies with. I had no alliances, nothing. I just think I had a level 2 arc with Maelstrom. And it was owning through yeah, He's a DPS unit now. Yeah, yeah, he was really, really good. Um, and like I said, Dagon yeah. is also still good because you just get a free 800. You just kill somebody twice. Yep. Uh, and if you position your arc warden properly for your... Uh, like If you position him in a way that there's only one spot for him to go to, the clone... And you put him in, in that clone in that position to actually die first, then you get even more value out of it. It's a little bit fringe, maybe, but uh, some cool things you could yep. potentially do. Um, some other changes that we won't really talk about. I do want to talk about Lycan, though. He was changed from a human warrior savage to a human hunter savage, and his wolves yep. are hunter savages. So this gives hunters a seventh hunter finally. That was kind of mm -hmm. the issue with them before because once Tide Hunter was a warrior, because the sixth hunter was always Medusa, and you almost never find her, and she just sucks. So yeah, that's good for hunters. How is this for the game? Have you tried Lycan recently? Uh, <clears throat> I actually had it. I had it in my build yesterday because I went savages. Because uh, mm -hmm. I found a fast tooth and claw. I think um, it's items and. I mean, it, it's it's largely the same unit, right? One of the downsides for Lycan is that he has less armor because he doesn't get the the warrior. Um, alliance bonus. Yep. So I think when you place Lycan, you need to c not consider him a tank. He needs to kind of be second row, or he needs to not be the absolute primary focus of the... <clears throat> oh, wow, my voice. Goodness, Cinderin. Wow. <laughs> uh, he needs to not be the primary focus of the enemy, because even if you get Shapeshift off, you want Lycan to stay alive. He actually hits really hard with the Hunter passive now, with the 20% chance of double attack, or 35 if you have six Hunters, which is... Yeah, he's not really a frontliner anymore. Um, no, so you need to build your strategy a little bit different and rethink how you use it, but he seems really strong, especially, um, again, because of the hunter bonus and the fact that the wolves are also savages, if you do have tooth and claw, it adds up over time oh, yeah. pretty quickly um, with these wolves just mauling people down. So it's a yeah, strong I've unit. I've seen, seen a lot of people going three hunters <clears throat> just with, uh, you know, if you pick up an early drow into a lycan into plus one, like a beastmaster for a frontliner, yeah. It, this wolf does a lot of damage now with that hunter perk. It's and obviously nice. the dream, the dream for Lycan is to have Tooth and Claw and the Summoning Stone. It feels like then somebody has that insane. every game, by the way. <laughs> I think <laughs> those are going to be the crazy. first things to get nerfed. That is super powerful. Um, I think Summoning Stone is too good, personally. Yeah, I, think, I, I just think I the agree. item is too good. Like Regardless of what you have with it, it just seems, yep. uh, it seems a bit too good. Uh, font of uh, Creation, yeah. which was a big... Sorry, do you want to continue? Yeah, I just went. I quickly wanted to mention two heroes because it's something I play, uh, mm -hmm. so I have a pretty good idea of this. I've I've been trying a lot of these. Um, what are they called? Scrappy inventors. Yeah, they're good. And I think the changes to, especially Clockwork, became a much better unit. Uh, and Tinker also became a better unit, except that he's less tanky, but he deals more damage. So it's harder to frontline Tinker, but uh, in the right game, the hero, the unit can still be really good. But the thing about Clockwork that I found really interesting is I think this unit is, if you have a strategy where you go Scrappy or uh, where you need, you know, even if you only go two Scrappies or whatever, if you get a good roll on Clockwork, this unit is worth trying to three-star. It's insanely yeah. strong on level three. 
15 armor, 3,500 health, and the battery assault has uh, a tick time of 0.35 instead of 0.7. So you're like, some units can't attack. It's like in Dota. Yeah, it's great. They get interrupted nonstop, and they can't cast, you know, um, or actually do any spell. Let me think. What spells have cast point in Underlords? Do they have cast point like Shadow Fiend? Yeah, Shadow Fiend has channeling. The channeling ones, obviously, you counter. But I was thinking, even something like Wild Axes from Beastmaster, do they have a wind up or does he just um, throw them? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how it works. Um, but anyway, this unit is crazy. I had a three star clockwork yesterday. It owns, it's super good. Um, yeah, so for him specifically, the armor and HP were buffed this patch. And then for Tinker, like you said, attack speed yeah. was upped a bit, armor was reduced. So they don't want him to frontline. But at the same time, he should be getting off his rockets earlier now. Because he can attack faster, so and obviously Tinker, Tinker is kind of a meme unit in a sense. When you get level three, it has 0.5 second cooldown on missiles. So if you can place him in a way where he keeps taking damage without dying, the unit is insane. Yeah, actually, but it's, it's hard. Strong. It's hard to do. Um, uh, so yeah, I, that was something I thought was cool because I found I I really like playing Scrappy Inventors, but they've been kind of meh until now where i think they're starting to be in a spot where it's a viable strategy even if you don't get to super late game where you can find uh techies and gyro i still think it is a playable strat with just four scrappies i've had pretty good success not going for the high units but just getting the value units. that was my issue before is i kept trying to go for the old strat which was six obviously but it's very hard to get to nine to get to techies um but four is just strong you go four and then you go three mages and you're good to go it's very, very yeah, strong. Yeah, and the, the four you can go, there's a side benefit that one of the ones you're likely to have is Bounty Hunter. And since Scrappy Inventors have a good tanky frontline, there's Clockwork, there's Alchemist, uh, you can go Assassins with it, and then you can use your bounties, both alliances, very effectively because he super benefits from playing with these Scrappy units. So yes. it's, it's a good pairing overall. Uh, also, Font of yeah, Creation, like we, we were saying, yeah, okay. yep. uh, it's HP... This is the thing that spawns Eidolons for primordial units. Before it was 300, 400, 500 HP. Now it's just a static 300. Uh, and the max damage was nerfed at 10 at all levels. So essentially a tier 1 through tier 3 Eidolon are almost identical. They're pretty bad. Especially when you take into account the primordial change, which is easily the biggest thing in here. Because we talked about yep. last week, I believe, that primordials were way too strong. Before, there was a... I forget what the percent chance was, but it was like 30 or something like that to disarm a unit for Four seconds, which is absurd. Now, this is what it reads. Level one, enemies attacking primordial units have a 25% chance to have their attack speed slowed by 50 each attack. This effect is applied at the start of the attack and lasts for the duration of the attack. And then obviously if you get uh, the second level of primordials, it just works for uh, all your allies. Um, This is weak. (laughs) This is back to being super weak. changed it because i think instead of uh reworking primordial like this you could have tweaked values first to see how Mm. it goes like could have lowered the disarm duration or lowered the chance uh and i i think it was completely unnecessary to also nerf eidolons now that you nerf primordial as much as you did because then you could at least you know build for the eidolons with your primordials but it just they are too weak for it to be worth it i'm afraid now that they yeah have yeah. this passive instead. They still have 20 armor, though, Sindarin, for some reason. They do. I thought that was what they were going to nerf, that they were going to lower the armor by, like, 5, and then keep the other values the same, and then change Primordial to have lower chance. But they completely yeah. reworked it. And in my experience, nobody goes this, and if they do, 
you largely don't really care that much. So mm -hmm. Primordials, I think, is the weakest alliance right now out of all of them Yep. overall. All right. So. And then the last gaming-related topic we'll discuss, which I think there might be some people mad about this, just us talking about it, Sindarin, which is actually sad in its own right. Uh, but of course, this is a podcast about gaming in general. We just have a focus on Dota. But Fortnite, apparently, I know almost nothing about the game, by the way, mm -hmm. just had their World Cup. $30 million in prizes, which, was, which is what they were touting. Uh, apparently, they had two tournaments, I, I believe, a solo tournament and a duo tournament. Not sure yep. why they didn't have the quads. Isn't there a quad mode in Fortnite? Uh, yes, you can okay. party not, up to four players. So the <clears> solo <throat> winner was a 16-year-old kid from the U.S. He got $3 million in his pocket. And the duo winners were a 16- and 17-year-old from Europe who split $3 million. And the last thing, and we'll talk about this as a whole, which is, this is the good part I really like about this setup. Money is guaranteed for every qualifier at the World Cup. They get 50K, no matter what. That's really good. So last place for yourself for getting there is 50K. Yes. We my understanding. Or oh, that might even, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so the last place. That corresponds to if TI had a last place prize of $250,000 for the last place team. And last year it was about a hundred k, I think, maybe a bit less for last place. Well, there so aren't there. Much you remember the wild cards? I don't know. I don't remember how yeah. Ti does it anymore. Wild cards didn't get used to get anything. I don't know if the seventeen yeah, eighteenth they get something now, right? Yeah, we don't have wild cards anymore. The last place team is seventeenth, eighteenth. They are the only teams that don't get to play on stage. Uh, but they still if get it's the same format as last year. Their placement last year, I think, was worth. Uh, I feel like it was 60k, maybe, now mm -hmm. that I think about it twice. And then the 15, 16 uh, placement, or 13 through 16th, they all get the same placement, which is about 120, 130. I feel like it was something like that last year mm -hmm. um, for that. So, yeah, there's a couple of things about this that I really like. Um, I've played Fortnite myself. I haven't played it for a long time, though, so I don't really know. I can't really tell you much about like how they play, what the meta is, any all this stuff, which is also largely irrelevant for this, so whatever. Um, but as far as the the prize pool structure <clears throat> is something I really like here, because I looked at the breakdown of the drop-off. Like, first place for solos was 3 million. I believe second place was 1.9. So... The finals, if you will, they don't actively play finals. They play rounds, right? And they score points. And it's about gathering most points. That's how you win. Which is, in my opinion, the only plausible format for Battle Royale. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can do best of X in the sense that you like just have... Let's say you have 10 players and you play best of three. And you need to... Whoever gets... Whoever wins most of those three games. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. They play... I think I'm not 100% on this, what they did at the World Cup. If they played like 10 rounds and then you score points across 10 rounds, you get points for surviving and you get points for kills. So there's different strategies. You can like play very defensive, try not to die and get points for that. But then you find a few kills. You can try to get both or you can play really aggressive and hope you snowball and get a lot of kill score. Um, but what I do like about the, the prize pool is that I think it was 3 million for first, 1.9 for second. Then I think it was still over one for third. So like the relative value of the placements to each other in the top in the top end is not nearly as extreme as in dota which i've talked about countless times by now how like how much the finals are worth right for example um there isn't actively a finals in fortnite but they they don't how to say the difference from second to third is not bigger than the value of second or second to first sorry right you know what i mean 
um which i think is great and yeah like the bottom the bottom guaranteed prize money i think it's really really good way of doing it making sure like basically if if you qualify to the fortnite world cup this is a full year salary in many western countries basically uh, if you're from another region, it's even better, obviously, right? But what do you think about it? Sixteen-year-olds winning three million dollars. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that's a bit crazy about Fortnite is that I think the average age of the pro players is a lot lower than mm-hmm. in Dota because I think the game is way less about uh, massive experience and a lot more about like really fast reactions, really fast mouse movements. Uh, building Can I and say stuff. something, Cinderin? When I was uh, yeah. fifteen years old, that's when I was playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Half-Life, Deathmatch, and I believe Counter-Strike. I was a fucking god. I'm not just saying this. I was a goddamn god. Like, serious. I was... I'm not just saying this. I know you guys think I'm just Mm -hmm. saying this. I was one of the best in the world easily. Like, I was amazing. My reaction time was unreal. Every year, it got worse. (laughs) Starting (laughs) at 16 years old. That is not a... That's amazing, isn't it? It's not the same for everybody. But for me, like yeah. I peaked at 16, probably, Yeah, gaming-wise. I, mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that the winner is 16 and the duo winners are 16 and 17. It says one of two things. First of all, that either it means that you're best at this game when you're really young, or there's just more competitive players at that age, so that's why mm-hmm. they have a higher chance of being represented, right? I think I read that the youngest player at the World Cup is 13, and the oldest, the wow. oldest player at the Fortnite World Cup was 24. Wow, that is actually more shocking. Out of all qualified players, the oldest is 24. Wow. And in Dota, the oldest players we have at TI are like 30, right? It's just, yeah. it's a different ball game. Incredible. Um, and I'm not saying you can't be 30 and qualify for this World Cup, but I feel like, you know, Fortnite has a lot of players. And sure, the average player is younger than Dota, but despite that, if there was absolutely no correlation between age and qualification, it's a bit surprising that nobody past 25 made it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's so incredible. perhaps this this game just really does favor younger players, and obviously for these guys it's absolutely life changing. It is for anyone to win three million dollars, right? But you're 16, you're gonna not only win this prize, you're gonna get signed. There's if you aren't already. Do you turn? Really do you instantly? Do you instantly turn into a piece of shit? That think? really depends who you are. That's totally on character. I feel like uh, an average. Let's just say an average person. I think they would actually turn into a piece of old. shit. As 16-year-olds. Yes. By getting $3 million, all this fame, I think you turn into a piece of shit most of the time. I'm not saying it's like 80-20. It's probably like 60-40 maybe. That's mm. being generous, probably. More people turn into pieces this, of garbage. I, I don't know if opinion is the right word, but I feel like um, it depends what the character trait is, but some character traits are really hard to change. Like, external factors like this like if you're a really humble person just by nature if you're very humble i think Mm -hmm. if you win a tournament like this you just feel you have this amazing feeling of wow i did it but you stay grounded you know what i mean like you still you still realize this was an amazing accomplishment but you're very humble about it you feel grateful that you got the opportunity that you were lucky to get there uh you acknowledge that the competition was great and that you weren't just like flat out stomping everybody else like they were total terrible or whatever i think if you're a humble person i i don't think something like this with a good upbringing at least rarely humble people will probably stay humble but if you're like how to say if you're like on the border if you i don't know how to say it it's like with uh with votes right there are people that you can't change there are the to use an american version okay if you're very republican 
it almost doesn't matter what happens in politics. You're going to vote Republican. And the same if you're a Democrat. And the, that's why the people that you're fighting for in the votes are the ones that are like able to flip, right? The ones that are like in the middle, you know, can like go either way, depending on what the policies are. Yeah. Those people with traits, like if you're, if you are just an arrogant piece of shit, you're going to stay an arrogant <laughs> piece of shit. You win $3 million. If you're super humble, you're going to stay super humble. If you're like somewhere on the spectrum, like in between, this <laughs> is the thing that can push you. <laughs> yeah, this will push you. I think I could. Totally I, I just want to say, I actually don't know. I didn't look at any videos of who these kids are. I'm not saying they're pieces of shit. I'm just talking from a general mm-hmm. basis, just before people assume I mean, something. It, it is, it is interesting though, because I think in Dota, the best parallel I can draw to this was Samael's first LAN was dac in 2000 yeah. and was it 14 i think yeah it would have been probably by now uh and i think he was 16 when they won that 2015 and that was ti5 they won was it it was, was the same it year they won yeah that was same year as dac okay so only four years ago unless it was december half, of 2014 it might have been. i think it was in january i, th- I was thinking dac january, so, so 2015 january i guess okay um anyway he was 18 or 16 i believe at the time yeah and that was really, really young to win a LAN in Dota, like super young. He was like a, an upcoming star, you know? And it just looks like in Fortnite that this is the... I, I didn't check the top five or top ten or whatever, their ages of their players or something. But, you know, again, just based on oldest player being 24, the majority of the players that placed high are probably sub-20, right? Yeah. Um, so it's more... It's just different. But And I, yeah, I just over, I do want to say... I, I don't want to go off mm-hmm. on a big tangent about this, Cinder. We don't need to make this a big topic. I just wanted to say that like shitting on games like Fortnite as a Dota player doesn't really make sense to me, or any game for that matter, really. I mean, I understand yeah. like the dynamic between League and Dota. That's very. I feel like that's very specific because of things that happened between the people that yeah. created League of Legends. Mm-hmm. It has less to do about the game than the history itself. For games like yeah. Fortnite, or and you guys might be saying I'm a big hypocrite for talking shit about Overwatch, but here's the difference, right? Like I don't like I don't have to like a game to root it on. I think any of these games having a big term like this, you should always uh, encourage that and root for them because it's great for esports as a whole. Overwatch, yep. it's not that I'm. I even said this on the podcast. I'm rooting for them. I just think that that much money put into one game that hasn't proven to do anything yet is a disaster, and it actually affects other games as well because you're bringing outside investors in. That's the difference. The game itself, whether I like it or not, I think it's a real piece of shit. Is irrelevant. I'm rooting for them to do well on terms mm-hmm. and the same as for Fortnite. So I agree. The mentality that I feel like it's a very juvenile attitude to have to just like shit on these games for no reason. And it, I think it's something I, that you kind of grow I hope you grow out of. At least I do. I mean it's honestly I I think um I think a lot of the people that shit on a game do it because they don't like the game, not because they don't like the community or because they don't like the, you know, the fact that they have a big tournament. I don't think people are shitting on Fortnite because uh dota is just a like you know the, yes they think dota is a better game and that's why they're hating on fortnite they're like this game is for this game is for kids oh look at the graphics look at the gameplay it's so bad blah 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 it's not the most complaints i have seen have not been wow fortnite has a 30 million dollar price pool how fucking stupid that they put that on this game it's mainly just people disliking the game i feel mm-hmm. yeah uh, I think which is probably. kind of what you said with overwatch right like you don't like the game uh that's fine like i just I guess for some people you can kind of get jealous because it's like this game that I don't like has 30 million. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's kind of with my there's mentality. There's nothing wrong with disliking with, uh, games. Like, of yeah, course, no, that's, that's, I hate TFT just because of the art style. League of Legends is the same. I hate the art style so much and it saddens me that people want to play a game that looks like shit. But that, 
doesn't mean I'm rooting against them. No. Nope. You know? Anyway. And I think uh, something... Well, I, Fortnite, this this is kind of a good topic to talk about a little bit. Just because um, you need to remember what position this game is in from an industry standpoint. Uh, not just within the industry itself, but as a gateway to external investors, like non-endemics, as mm-hmm. we call it. Non-endemic investors are people that are from companies that are not within gaming. So not your keyboard sponsor, not your headset sponsor, but something like Shavers or whatever, just as an example. Um, People like those, Fortnite is one of the games that is really hot right now in the public eye. When people talk about video games that aren't really into video games, they talk about Fortnite because it's what their kids play. It's what you hear about on the news. So them having a big tournament like this and it running successfully and having good numbers or whatnot will be ultimately good for those investors to want to get into esports in general yep um, it's the bridge so, guess what this is the... New, news flash dota is not a bridge to anything right now it's very no. hard to get into it is, you need it games is. like fortnite yeah yeah so from that perspective it's good that fortnite did well at least it seems like the tournament did well i haven't looked very much into it but uh overall it hasn't been considered a failure as far as i'm aware um yep. so that's that's great and Obviously, Fortnite has an insane budget from what I've heard. So perhaps they will continue into the next year with a similar uh, similar prize pool overall for the season. Or maybe they will even up it. We'll see. But I believe this... Was this the final event of the season? Because they did $100 million in prizes for the whole season. And I th- you would imagine the World Cup was the end of it. So this one event had $30 million and the rest of the year had 70 combined. I'm not 100% on that, but I, I do remember I, they wanted to do 100 million plays. You think I do research for this, Sindarin? No. Is that what you're trying to, trying to say? Maybe, maybe you knew it, you know. Okay, but, no. Yeah. Okay, so the final... Yeah. Okay, let's move we'll, on. We'll go on to the fun section, and we have one topic to discuss, Sindarin. I want you to take this very seriously. Okay? Okay. Will you take this seriously? Yes, I will. What is your biggest fear and why? And we kind of talked, I forget how you talked about your swimming thing. How did that come mm-hmm. up, by the way, in our previous episodes? I'm trying to remember. I think it was just something like tell people oh, what something do you about not us know that, that, they, that don't they don't know. Okay, yeah. so you can't use swimming or water or anything like that. So your biggest mm-hmm. fear, you can say if it is the swimming, that's fine, but you need to say something in addition. Does it need to be rational? No. Uh, what I mean by this is not. like... There's something, the thought of this is absolutely terrifying to me, but it's impossible. Does that count? Like, I, you know, it's something you could dream, right? But it can't happen in real life. Does that count can, as a fear? Can like you that? give me that and a tangible one? Is that possible? Okay, I'll, gi- I'll give you that one first, and then I need to think again, I guess. Okay. So something that I find, the thought of this, I find absolutely terrifying. And I think that what originally gave me this thought was actually Calvin Hobbes. You know that comic, right? Yep. It's amazing. It's like the best comic of all time. Um, Go Garfield. Garfield is also up there. That's definitely very good too. Um, but there's, I think Calvin Calvin has a dream or he tells a story where he's like, there's this huge wasp that's chasing him. Like, mm-hmm. not like you just think of an insect. We're, we're talking like one, one meter long. Mm-hmm. So that's like three feet, right? Right. The thought of being outside and then there's this gigantic wasp that starts chasing you is fucking terrifying because like the thing about insects is that they're like they're annoying and they're like dangerous in their own ways if you have an allergy or if they're dangerous or whatever uh for for other reasons but Mm -hmm. 
taking something small like that that and then blowing it up to that size is absolutely <laughs> terrifying. It doesn't work the other way. If you take a horse and you make it really small, it's not that scary. But <laughs> so you're imagine, afraid of an obese like, American wasp, essentially. Oh, <laughs> Sumo wrestler wasp. <laughs> <laughs> imagine imagine a one meter long wasp or spider for that site. Uh, okay, that, sure. Like, like that, that to me is fucking terrifying to think about. Like you're just outside chilling. You turn around and there's this wasp that's one meter long and wide too. Okay, it's not like a little spear. Of course, it's fat but, as fucking hell. Sure, American yeah. eats burgers every day. Sure. Doesn't that sound terrifying to you? Yes. That sounds fucking terrifying. So you, I don't know. You, this entered your mind by reading that comic, Calvin and Hobbes, and ever since you've yeah. been terrified of a giant I mean, wasp. But that's the thing. Like, are you terrified? Because it's it's imagination, right? You know, it's not real and it can't happen. But, okay. I'm just imagining if I were in that situation, that would be really, really scary. It just came to mind when I read Biggest Fear. Immediately, I thought about that. Oh, that's good. So, I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Do you have a, a real fear by any chance? Um, Wait, hold on. What do you think about if it's a normal wasp? Are you? Do you think you're less or more or average amount of scared versus a normal person? A, insects in general? Just, just wasps. Normal. I, normal, I normal. Maybe okay. less even than okay. Than average. Um, it <laughs> doesn't scare me much. Like spiders and stuff don't scare me at all. Okay. They're uncomfortable, but <laughs> I don't have a phobia. Gotcha. Um, I'm thinking about if I have a phobia for anything, because I can't think of a phobia I have. So an actual fear. Uneloquent. Um, Being uneloquent is a fear of yours. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Being American instead of Danish, would that be a fear? That you woke I, up I one think, day. I think my biggest fear that I can think of of that sense would be... Um, You've heard about these people that like go into narrow caves and then they get stuck oh. and can't get out. Yeah, that is terrifying too. And that's that can happen, right? Like getting stuck and being unable to call for help and just yeah. Isn't there a movie like seventy-two hours, seventy something, something hours, where the guy has to cut off his own arm? It's a true story as well, uh, just I to get out. Not heard of that, but yeah, that James Franco the, plays the, in the, it. The, the thought movie. of getting stuck. Like just actually getting stuck and being unable to get help is, right. is very scary. Okay. I think. All right. Interesting. Uh, so my biggest fear, I feel like I, I've definitely told this before in a public venue. I just don't know where. And you're telling me, we talked beforehand and you mm -hmm. said you've never heard this story, even though I haven't actually. I don't think so. I just told you it's a bug story. Mm -hmm. I am terrified of bugs. Terrified. In general or some types? Uh most types like if it's a spider okay. it's not that big of a deal actually which is surprising oh, that's interesting yeah if it's okay. if it's like the worst is cockroach by far okay. the worst but it can be like grasshoppers it doesn't matter this mm -hmm. is why and it's funny because i didn't realize this until a few years ago like it's been something i've been terrified of my whole life and i didn't know why my first thought was oh it's that that scene from indiana jones and the temple of doom have you seen that movie where he's walking yeah. over a bunch of bugs. Yeah. Like, I just remember that vividly, and I used to have nightmares about that. Hey, but I, I've, I just want to point out, I've seen a movie you mentioned. Go on. Thank you. That's great to hear. Uh, we'll find <laughs> out more in the future at the end of this episode. Um, but in, a few years ago, I realized that is not actually what, where the fear came from. Because my mm -hmm. parents were telling a story, and my brother, because he has really good memory. So we lived, as you guys know, in Saudi Arabia for the first 10 years of my life. And... Something happens in Saudi Arabia that is literally unbelievable. Um, so a certain time of the year, and I don't know if it's every year, it's probably every couple years or something, 
uh, we have locust season. They call it locust season. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In reality, just for you guys to know, it's actually just a grasshopper, but they're huge and they're black. Okay. Yeah. I was in kindergarten. My mom was on her bicycle with me in the back. Mm-hmm. And it was one of these times she was uh, riding the bike to my kindergarten class. And you know these movies that you think are exaggerations? So I'll give you an example. Yeah. You know, like dust storms. You know those mm-hmm. movies where I, I actually thought this was an exaggeration when you see the, the dust storm in a movie. Like, holy shit, it's like a wall of... That's real. That actually happens. We even have that in Arizona. Yeah. The mm-hmm. same thing with any movie that has like these biblical plagues. You know the one with locusts? where it's just a swarm, like literally yeah. you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. what we have, or what we had in Saudi Arabia. And there were so many, and they're just beating me, like, boom, 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 as I'm just crying and huddled in this fucking seat. I don't know, by the way, I don't know why the fuck she was riding her bicycle outside in this time of scene, but <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> that's a whole other Thanks, story. Mom. These things are just beating the shit out of me, and I'm just crying my eyes. I'm like, no. Like, there are so, this is not an exaggeration again. There are so many cars are skidding on the road as like their guts just get as these grasshoppers get disemboweled there's so many they go through like a tree and eat all the leaves this is not this is real this actually is exists in real life Mm -hmm. and because of that one experience which again we had this many times but it wasn't as bad because you know i learned not to go fucking outside during this time because i actually had control maybe in kindergarten i just do what i'm told but because of these mm-hmm. fucking things beating on me, I am beyond terrified of bugs. Um, irrationally so, so. So when you say biggest fear, you just mean those bugs in general getting near you? Or is like the, a specific s- scenario with them that you're scared of? It's your biggest fear to get into a locust swarm again, for example. I mean, of course. But no, just general experience. Um, uh-huh. If it's a small bug, like a ladybug, I don't care. It has to be a certain size. And if it flies yeah. near me, I freak the fuck out. Like I'm okay. Like it's pretty bad. It's uh, it's like, embarrassing. Okay. Bad. I know this is very specific and probably a random question. Let's say you're sitting at a restaurant, yeah, and you're holding a glass of water, like you're drinking water, and an insect like that were to fl- fly next to you and you notice it. What do you do? Do you do you slowly put the water down or do you actually like toss it and panic? Like how serious? is What it? kind of bug are we talking about? If it's a fly, like, then not as big of a deal. Let's, let's say, say it's the ones you really don't like. Cockroach, then. Yeah, uh, you I see will. A co- you see I will, cockroaches. I'll, I'll, I'll do this. Water. I'll, uh, it'll be an instant reaction. It's not like this. I have time to think. That's my instant reaction. Is the GTFO. Okay. Um, okay. And I'll make like but a you little, like. I'll make a scene. Would you throw your glass? Would you throw your glass? I, I don't know. What kind of a question? Like, How do I know? No, no, but, no, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's because no, but it's it's kind right, of. Give, let like, me give you an were, example what you here. Were saying, no, but what you were saying, okay, what you were saying was you were saying like these things that you see in movies that you think are over, are exaggerated are real. The things you see in movies when people have a phobia with like spiders or mice is that they flat out just panic and jump on the table and drop what they're holding or whatever. Right. That's probably also inspired by reality. That's why I'm asking, like, if you've had an experience with insects like this where you did something. Like you totally just dropped everything that was in your hands, and then afterwards you were like, like you know, you're not really in control of it. It just happens. Right. Yeah. So this actually happened the other day. Um, okay. Like even something as simple as a moth, I will be a mm-hmm. bit freaked out about. Like it's obviously varying levels depending on what kind of insect. But if I don't see it and it just hits me in the face, it could be a fly, and I'm not expecting it. Uh, mm-hmm. The other day, I slapped myself in the face like immediately by accident. I'm like. Ugh! 
and mm-hmm. I actually hurt myself. It hurt my hand quite okay. a bit, Cinderin. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I am. Yeah. If, if you remember what I talked about with the water thing, I got like this. Ex- when you have that experience, you get more of like respect and understanding of like uh, what happens to people when they have like phobias or when they panic, right? Because I was the the story that I told, if you remember, I was like, I was next to the edge and I could have just grabbed on and pulled myself up, but you like black out, like your mind just stops working yeah. when it happens. You just total panic. So that's why I was curious, like if, if this kind of phobia for you, if, if you have like similar experience where it's just like you can't control yourself. It's just, I mean, there, there is this insect yes, here and until that is gone, nothing works in your mind like it's just, uh, i've gotten a little bit better like if i see but. it at a distance then i'll act appropriately i'll avoid it mm-hmm. i won't freak out but that's like taking a lot of time to to hone in on uh there was a recent experience well by recent i mean like five years ago i was at wendy's of course because i'm a fat ass mm-hmm. and i was in the drive-thru <laughs> and as i'm putting my uh window down i notice a bunch of grasshoppers like bouncing up and down by the window i'm like holy shit mm-hmm. so i go up to the window and they, they can see all these grasshoppers and they can see that I'm terrified. I'm like, how am I getting my food? <laughs> I had to drive around and they had to come out and give it to me. That's how terrified I am of these fucking grasshoppers getting uh-huh. in my car. Uh, okay. It's definitely irrational. But if you think about it, because of my experience, it makes a little bit of sense at least yeah, yeah. as a kid. Very impressionable and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. All right. So that okay. uh, does it for this episode of We Say Things. Cinder, have you watched In Bruges yet? I have not. No. Thank you not. for joining us, everyone. I will, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, well, you guys just wait with uh, bated breath to see if Cinderin finally watches the greatest movie of this generation. <laughs> Suns fan of Cinderin signing out. Until next time. Goodbye, friends. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening.